Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for tuning in to the ninth night of our Quarantine Moving Forward Revival. My name is Pastor James Dogger Jr. and I have a surprise for you tonight. Oh, I'm so excited because tonight we have a guest host. This guest host is no stranger to many of you who are able to tune in to our launch night service. Our guest host tonight is none other than Pastor Rashad Burden. Pastor Burden, thank you so very much for being willing to host us this evening. I want you guys to show him the same love that you showed me all week long. So go ahead and press that like button right now. Press that heart button. Go ahead and share so that people can know that this is happening live right here. And again, let's go ahead and welcome our guest host, Pastor Rashad Burden. Good evening, good evening, everyone. And I want to welcome everyone to our to our quarantine revival. Thank Pastor JD, Pastor James Doggett Jr. for extending um, this invitation to allow me to, to host. And I'm just glad that I was able. Um, I don't know if you realize how much it can take out of you doing this night after night after night as Pastor JD has been doing. Um, so I'm just, I'm just so um, happy to be able to hold his hands up as we continue in this QR revival. Um, I'm just so happy that so many people have been tuning in. Um, I was looking through the chat and I see that we have people from everywhere. We have people from South Carolina, people from California, people tuning in from the UK. Um, so many people are engaged. If you have not yet checked in, let us know in the chat where you're checking in from, where you're streaming from, and we're just so very happy to have everybody. Um, and, and it's worth saying, I'm so grateful. I know Pastor Doggett Jr. is so grateful for all those who have been engaged in this um, quarantine revival. Um, if you do not know, um, last night alone, Pastor Austin Humphreys, if you did not hear him last night, go back to the quarantine revival page and immediately following this, this God-filled experience we're having now, listen to Pastor Austin. Austin Humphreys um, bring a word and his 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 sermon alone and 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 being blessed last night in music was streamed over three thousand times already. Um, Pastor Daniel Kelly and Pastor Richard Martin um, have been streamed almost six thousand times already, and that's all because of the engagement and the sharing um, that you have done. And we're just so grateful for that. And I believe that this is one of the ways that the gospel can be spread all throughout the world. And I'm just so glad that we're able, even in isolation, to at least have some form of community. I'm so glad that I'm not by myself um, on this evening. I'm so glad that I have with me um, Pastor Kyle Crawford, and of course, the man of the hour, Pastor Evan Willis. Say something to the people, Pastor Crawford, if you would. What's going on, everybody? Uh, I have been blessed uh, by this experience, and I know you all had too, um, but like Pastor uh, Burton said, man, just make sure that you share this, share this, share this, because uh, we want to reach as many people as possible with this thing. It's a blessing, and I know that not only you are going to be blessed, but your family and your friends will as well. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Crawford. Pastor Willis, how you feeling this evening? I'm feeling great. Feeling great. Feeling great. It's good to have you in the house, sir, and we're excited. We are so very excited for what God has in store um, through you. I do want to let everyone know, Pastor Doggett has been um, inviting you um, to contribute, to impact the lives of people. Um, we don't just want to meet evening after evening and hear good singing and good preaching, but we actually believe that our call is to actually make a practical um, impact on people's lives. Um, it was shared. It was shared. Um, it was shared on the other night that that there was a young lady who who has just had a who's having a baby and um we wanted to bless her life and i just wanted to report and this is the link to her um to her registry that on yesterday alone there were 13 items purchased for the young mother's registry and today alone there have been 26 
more items, <laughs> 26 more items um, that were bought in love for that young lady. And we're just so glad that God has moved on the hearts of so many people that we're not just getting online and, and being poured into and not taking the opportunity to pour into someone else. Um, so if you have not already, go ahead and take a picture of, screenshot, whatever you have to do, um, this registry, and let's continue to just pour into the life of, 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 of that young lady, as well as um, if there's anyone out there who themselves or you know someone who is in need, um, we want to, we want to, we want to um, give you the opportunity. We want to give you the opportunity to give. Um, again, it is the dollar sign, the quarantine revival. Um, that is the cash app. Um, it is the dollar sign quarantine revival. And in fact, let me share that graphic with you. It is the dollar sign, the quarantine revival. And we're so very glad that all of us have been blessed to some degree and we're able to bless somebody else. So take a picture, screenshot, whatever you have to do. And if you know someone, and I don't want you to be shy. I was conversing with one of my friends the other day. And, and, and sometimes I truly believe that God puts on your heart the fact that not only do you need, have a need, but there's someone around you who has a need. And sometimes he wants you to step out on faith on behalf of somebody else. So if you could, if you know someone who's in need and and, and could use this type of blessing, um, it is anonymous. We're not putting anybody's business out there. Send a message to the quarantine um, Facebook, um, direct message on Instagram, whatever you do. If you know one of the preachers, um, text message them and like, hey, um, I know someone and I know they don't want their name put out. And we will make sure that somehow, some way that we will be a blessing to them. Um, on this evening, on this evening, I'm so very glad um, that we have the opportunity, that we have the opportunity to be blessed in song um, by an amazing, an amazing artist. We're so very glad that BJ Creighton, that BJ Creighton has um, consented to just bless us on this evening. And, and again, I'm just so expectant. I always tell my members here in Dothan, Alabama, that I don't show up hoping for God to show up. I show up expecting God to show up. So I pray that even though you may be in front of your computer, um, even though you may be on your phone, that you have tuned in expecting God. If you've been expecting, just give, give me some thumbs up. If you are expecting God to say something to you, just hit that thumbs up. If you are expecting God to say something to you that you can then pass on to somebody else, hit the heart button. And we're just so glad for what God God has in store for us this evening. Before we go into our, our, our song of meditation, I do want to do a short introduction of the speaker, um, a short introduction of the speaker on this evening. Um, he is no stranger to me and not a stranger to many of you. Um, he spoke just a little bit earlier, but for those who do not know, his name is Pastor Evan Willis. Um, he is a educated man. He is currently um, in working on his PhD at UNC Charlotte. Um, he is um, has his focus in urban education. Um, he is a graduate of both Andrews University, Oakwood University, and something near and dear to my heart. And I pray that there's no hate in the comments section, but he's also a graduate of Pine Forge Academy. Um, I'm just so glad that, that, that God saw fit um, to allow both of us to, back in 2002, Evan, my Lord, 2002, um, to show up in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, um, and to be at Pine Forge Academy for four years and then to matriculate, um, of course, through Oakwood. Um, he is not just a pastor, he is a father, and he has not one, not two, not three, but four children. You're talking about Jeremiah, James, John, and Joshua. He got the whole Bible 
in his house. And we're just so glad um, that, that, that he was able to carve out the time to be with us. And he's not only a father, but of course he is a husband um, and a husband to a beautiful, wonderful woman named Aaliyah Willis, formerly Aaliyah Word. That is my cousin. Um, I pray that Nakia or anyone else isn't on here, my favorite cousin. And I'm just so glad um, that Pastor Willis is able to be with us. So after BJ Creighton comes to us in his own way, we're just so glad that the next voice you will hear will be that of Pastor Evan Willis. Hear ye him. From the inside, from the inside of me, and may you delight in the inside, in the inside of me, and come feel my life from the inside. From the inside of me and set me on fire in the inside, from the inside of me, because all I want is for you, for you to be glorified. For you to be lifted high All I want is for you For you to be glorified For you to be lifted high Let praises rise From the inside From the inside of me and may you delight in the inside in the inside of me and come feel my life from the inside from the inside of me and set me In the inside, in the inside of me, cause all I want is for you, for you to be glorified, for you to be lifted high, all I For you to be lifted high All I want is for you For you to be glorified For you to be lifted high All I want is for you For you to be glorified Hey, For you to be lifted you to be lifted 
dead high All I want is for you For you to be glorified For you to be lifted high Pastor Willis um, the floor is yours. Preach with power, preach with conviction, and we are expecting a word from the Lord. The floor is yours. Uh, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity today to uh, stand before you and to uh, speak digitally. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, the ministry of Pastor James Delga Jr. He's been a good friend of mine since... Um, First time I met him, I think we were, I was graduating high school in 2006. So uh, he's been a good friend since then. I've, I've seen him grow and mature. Always been one who had his eye towards innovation. Always been one who's uh, been thinking about uh, things that are cutting edge. So uh, I'm thankful that God laid this idea and this vision on his head, on his heart. And I've just been blessed, honestly, just by participating, just by watching. I know my congregation, uh, the Northeast Seventh-day Adventist Church, has been uh, watching, um, and they've enjoyed each and every night. And I know they're watching now. I'm thankful that I have such a faithful, supportive congregation. I know I have family members watching and, and, and close loved ones. So thank you, everyone, for watching, uh, as well as uh, just blessed to be in the numbers. So many awesome preachers have uh, graced the social media platform. Um, as always, it's always an honor uh, to uh, come behind such distinguished pastors from the South Atlantic Conference, uh, Daniel Kelly on Saturday night, uh, Austin Humphreys on, on Sunday night, and, and I guess I am uh, in that number as well. I was blessed by so many speakers, uh, and I hope that God still, and I, I know that God still has a word for us in this moment, in these times. And so uh, I know you guys have come here to hear me wax eloquent or to thank everyone. So let's get to the word. If you will, turn from your Bibles to Judges, the sixth chapter. Judges, the sixth chapter. Starting at verse 11. Judges, chapter six, starting at verse 11. It says, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizri, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. After we pray, I want to speak to you for a little while under the sermon title. It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Let us pray. Lord, at this time, less of me and more of you. We thank you and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before I start my message, I, I made one great omission that I will not uh, forget right now. I just want to acknowledge my beautiful wife, Aaliyah. She's working hard right now to make sure the services are being streamed for the members and she's balancing all four of our children upstairs. Uh, so thank you, uh, Aaliyah, as I go through this message. You are not forgotten. Hopefully the, tonight doesn't end up to be the best of times and the worst of times for me. <laughs> anyway. It's fascinating as we enter into uh, the story about Gideon, because we find Gideon 
doing something strange and it doesn't seem to make sense. Why is it that Gideon is beating wheat in a wine press? That just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why is Gideon beating wheat in a wine press? A wine press is a place in which you are supposed to be producing and creating wine and have a vineyard, but Gideon is beating wheat in a vineyard, in the wine press. Not only that, that typically when wheat is beat, it's beat on a threshing floor in an open area so that the wheat and the chaff can be separated when the water, excuse me, when the wheat is thrown up in the air uh, because the wind will blow away the chaff and the wheat will fall to the ground. So why is it that Gideon finds himself beating wheat instead, why is Gideon beating wheat instead of uh, beating wheat in a wine press instead of uh, creating wine in a wine press? Why is Gideon not in an open space? And, and the reason is I've learned that Gideon is living in a state of fear. He's living in a state of tyranny. And I've learned that, that, that Gideon is living in what we could consider the worst of times. Gideon is living what we consider to be the worst of times. It is in the worst of times I realize that people will do strange things. Gideon finds himself not where he's supposed to be, but doing a strange thing in the wrong place. And what I would suggest is Gideon, because he's living in fear, because Gideon uh, is trying to adapt to his environment, he's doing some strange things. And I've learned that, 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 that people do strange things in difficult times. I, I'm oftentimes reminded of my youngest son. But I get a chance to watch him. And the one thing I love about Wawa is Wawa loves people. Wawa loves to play. Wawa loves his brothers. But there are certain rules we have in our house because we know that as Wawa being a four-year-old is a good kid, Wawa will do some things he's not supposed to do. And so uh, we had a food pantry in which we have snacks, but we tell Wawa, Wawa, you can't go into the food pantry to get snacks because we don't trust Wawa to walk away with one snack. He may walk with two, three, or four, or more snacks, and we'll find the snacks all wasted around the house. And so we set a rule in place that Wawa must go to his brother so that we can trust, as particularly his older brother, Jeremiah, to get an appropriate amount of snacks for Wawa. But what happened is uh, my oldest son, Jeremiah, has a tendency to get caught up in the television screen, so much so that he'll watch it with his mouth wide open, and he's almost dead to the world. A, a bomb could go off right next to him and he wouldn't be able to tell. And it's not just Jeremiah, it's also uh, uh, James and John, their other two brothers, that they will be caught up and not paying attention. And, and although Wawa knows he's not supposed to go to the food pantry, uh, he gets frustrated. And what Wawa will do is he will do whatever he can to get their attention. He'll say, uh, Jeremiah, can you please get me some candy? And Jeremiah, in this typical fashion, will be, caught off into outer space looking at the television screen, not paying attention to his brother. He'll go to James and say, James, could you do me a favor and get me some candy? And James will be caught up in the TV screen, not paying attention. He'll go to John and say, John, can you please get me some candy? And once he realizes that not paying attention, what he does is he will begin to annoy them because he needs to get something from them. What he'll begin to do is he'll begin to push them, he'll begin to laugh at them, he'll throw stuff at them, because he knows that's what's going to get their attention. And when he can get their attention, then he can get what they need. And I think there is a sermon there. I don't really want to go there, but some of us need to press on God. We need to call on God. We need to pull on God. We need to, to talk to God until we get what we need from God. And not just take it at, uh, Lord, please, but, but, but beg with God, plead with God, do whatever we can to get God's attention so that we can at least know that he's hearing us in our time of need. Uh, but that's not where my sermon is. Uh, but what I realized is that, 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 that Gideon is doing something strange because he's living in the worst of times. 
because it is the worst of times that produces strange behavior in some of us. And these strange behaviors are called adaptive behaviors. They're called adaptive behaviors, meaning it's not what we usually do, but based upon the context in which we're living and the times in which we're living, we will adapt to try to make a way to survive. And so here is Gideon. Gideon is, is, is in uh, his father's wine press. He's beating wheat because Gideon is trying to make sure that he knows the Midianites are coming. He knows that they come each time around this time of year to come to steal, kill, pillage, and destroy. And they're saying, oh, well, we know they're coming. Uh, uh, so, so let's make sure to get enough for ourselves so at least we can survive. In other words, the Midianites are coming to take the increase God has given to his people uh, to take it for themselves. They're coming to rob them of the blessings God has in store for them to take for themselves. And, and many of us, we have those locusts in our lives who come to take from us that which God has destined for us. Uh, we allow people to come and take uh, the good things we think we need, the good things that we want, that God has endowed and set aside for us, and they come and they take it from us. You know the ones. Uh, we all got that family who calls us when they need something. We all have that, fam uh, that, that, that friend who, when things are good, he comes or she comes and they call and they laugh and, and, and they know they can ask you for help. And when you give them help, they're so grateful. They're so thankful. They say, when the next time comes around and you need me, I'll be there. But I found that when you text those people who robbed your increase from you, oftentimes so they'll hit you with new phone. Who did and then we have those those co-workers of ours who who uh, uh, there's a team project to do at work and everyone's working hard. And that co-worker, uh, he, they weren't working hard. They didn't show up to all the meetings. They blew you off. But come presentation time, they talk the loudest. They get the most praise. And you wonder, how is it that this person who didn't put in the work I put in, how is it that this person who didn't deserve the blessings I got gets all the accolades and all the attention? They came in and robbed us of our increase. We all have those people in our life who come to kill, pillage, and destroy, and take what God has destined for us. But, 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 but through it all, we've got to learn that even though the enemy may come to take what he may, even though they may come to steal, kill, and destroy, it doesn't mean that God does not still sit on his throne. It, it doesn't mean that God doesn't still have everything under his control. It, it doesn't mean that God can't still bless you more than what we think we deserve or what we think we've earned, despite the locusts coming to our life to kill, pillage, and destroy. So, 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 so Gideon has developed adaptive behaviors. And I realize adaptive behaviors are formed because we are living in toxic environments. Uh, we need to have peace. We need to have comfort. And so we learn to adopt. We learn to adapt new ways because it's better to live in peace than to live in the midst of all this madness and this misery. I'm going to say that again. We've developed adaptive behaviors because we're trying to find a way to live in a toxic environment and still maintain our peace. Because we know that, that this world's not perfect. There's going to be problems. There's going to be pain. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be issues. And so we develop ways in which we can live and survive and have the peace we need in the time we think we need it. But, 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 but don't be uh, uh, confused. Uh, I, I don't think that, that, that God's ideal for us is to learn to put up with, uh, that, with, with that which is unacceptable. And, and, and may God have mercy on the saint who has uh, accepted that which should be unacceptable. May God have mercy with the saint uh, who has made peace with, peace with living in a time of war. May God have mercy on the saint who has uh, accepted uh, that which is unnatural and that which uh, is unnatural in their life has become normal. Uh, I think uh, uh, Edgar Winker said it best. Uh, why am I dying to live if I'm just living to die? 
We're going through the crucible of the worst of times. We're going through the suffering of the worst of times. We're being pressed on every side. We're being exploited. We're being robbed. We're being mistreated. Uh, even in times like these, COVID-19 has made and amplified the problems in our life to a, a, another level because some of us, our toxic environment is not our home, it's not our job, it's not our friends. For some of us, our toxic environment is our homes. And we're living in the midst of tyranny right now because Satan is doing what he will and what he may to tear us down in times like these. We're living in the worst of times and we've learned to adapt and we've learned to add new layers and we've learned to try new things. We've learned to make it in the midst of all of this. But I don't believe that this is God's ideal. And the reality is uh, we get caught up so much in looking at that which is not, uh, when we've accepted the unacceptable so much so that that which is unnatural becomes normal, all of a sudden uh, what begins to happen is we begin to blame the victims as opposed to looking at the systems and structures that are producing the problems in our life. Uh, can, can I explain what I mean? Uh, uh, it's not Eric's fault that, 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 that he is malnourished. Eric lives in a food desert and he has limited means of transportation. Uh, and, and, and so he's forced to go shop, uh, do grocery shopping at the gas station. It's not because he's not working hard enough. It's not because he's not smart enough. It's because the system has set, it was set up against Eric. Uh, 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 it's not um, uh, Laurent's uh, fault that he's not going off to college. Uh, the state refused to apply uh, 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 at every school a, a college preparatory education. Uh, and, and so at his school, uh, his school counselor didn't direct him to the college preparatory classes. Uh, at, at this school, uh, the principal thought that he was nothing but a thug. At this school, the teacher thought he wasn't concerned about his education. And so they pushed him to the back of the classroom. Uh, so stop blaming the, the Laurens and the Erics of the world. Uh, I, I want to suggest that, 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 that Larice, um, it's not her fault that she has three kids and two baby daddies uh, because one beat her, the other abandoned her, and the one she loved, her, the first love, her father, mistreated her. Uh, there's a reason why she's doing what she's doing and caught up in the way she's caught up because she's tried to find a way to live with peace. She's developed uh, adaptive behaviors, and so she's doing what she can uh, uh, to get by. It's not the fault of uh, uh, Erica that, 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 that the church uh, and the liquor store have the same ministry in her community. Uh, they both encourage passivism to drink, uh, uh, sorry, not to drink, but to get their sorrows away. Uh, and so, and so uh, they didn't, the church didn't empower her. It didn't give her spiritual nutrients. It didn't tell her how to go or where to go. It just did what the liquor store did, give her what she needed, but kept her where she was. Oh, saints of God, we need more from our churches and we need more from our believers. We need more in these worst of times to call people into their best of times. We need more to call people out of their lowest of moments and pull them into the height of what God has for them. But I've learned that with adaptive behaviors, uh, what actually begins to happen is people... Uh, begin to be defeated, not physically, not uh, economically, but they begin to be defeated psychologically. And so here's Gideon. Gideon, before the opportunity comes to fight the Midianites, he's already defeated in his mind. So it doesn't matter uh, what comes in his Hands. It doesn't matter what power he has. It doesn't matter who he is. He's already accepted defeat. And we live in churches. We live in communities. We live in families where, where cycles of poverty are, are recreated, where cycles of dysfunction are recreated because people have been beat down. People have been torn down. People have been defeated before they even got a chance to fight. And so Gideon, Gideon is overwhelmed by his environment. 
all he's seen. If things are so bad in Israel, Gideon is not the only one who's trying to get just enough to survive. Because the Bible says that Israel is hiding in the caves and trying to hide food in the caves in preparation for, for Midianites to come. But, but, but why is it that no one is trying to fight? Because they've already been defeated psychologically. And, and if we're defeated psychologically, I see it all the time, uh, particularly in our churches, uh, we beat down our pastors so they're psychologically defeated. We beat down our young people so they're psychologically defeated. We beat down our progressives so they're psychologically defeated. And they resort not to productive behavior, but instead they go to social media to rant. They, 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 they talk about all the problems and they can't see a way out and they can't see the future. I want you to know that, that, that no matter what we're going through, no matter the problems we face, uh, Gideon had to realize that God still sat on the throne. And when God was with him and God was on his side, the same God who parted Red Seas, the same God who defeated Pharaoh, the same God who beat uh, the enemies of his, his children was the same God who could deliver them from the hand of the Midianites, the same God that could overthrow the Philistines, the same God that could overthrow their enemies, the same God still sat on his throne and they were still his people. So if you're discouraged today, let me tell you, don't worry, baby, don't worry. The same God still sits in control. The same God still has all power in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hands, and, and your problem can be fixed. And here's what I've learned. Um, uh, as I've been uh, home during this COVID-19, I've turned from a pastor daddy to a daddy teacher who sometimes tends to preach for his congregation. Uh, I've had the responsibility of educating my children. And if you want to try yourself and wonder if you're ready to go to glory, try to teach your child how to write. Uh, try to teach your child how to do math. I try to teach your child how to read because I can promise you uh, the hand that guides your child will want to smack that child when they get in your last nerve. Uh, but but, but <laughs> what I realized uh, this time when I was working with my sons, uh, right now they're going through science and uh, uh, they're looking at uh, the different states of um, a matter. Uh, you have uh, liquid, you have uh, solids, and you have uh, gas. And <laughs> During my son's assignment, it was his job to uh, differentiate what is the difference between liquids, solids, and gases. And we sat down and we read, and we we're trying to work on his reading comprehension. And and, and he, I was he was uh, I was explaining to him. So, what's a solid? Uh, what's a liquid? And 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 what's a gas? So, a solid is something that is a in a state amount of solid. It, it doesn't really shape. It doesn't really move. It can't really can't really change it, right? Um, and a liquid is uh, something that uh, you can pour in different containers, and when you pour it into different containers, uh, the liquid will uh, take different shapes and forms, so it's moldable, and, and gas can evaporate and, and take uh, all kinds of forms and all types of spaces and shapes. And, and, and for most of us, uh, we the problem is we think our problems are solids. We think these problems can change. We think these problems are stuck. We think these problems got all the power, but but can I tell you that that imagine water, water. The great thing about water is water can take three all three different states of matter. Water can be a solid when it turns to ice. Water can be a liquid when it's just in its regular state, and if enough heat is applied to the water, the water can turn into a gas. And it made me realize that our problems momentarily will will seem like solids because they're ice. But 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 we've turned up the heat enough, the, the problem starts to dissipate and, and and you're able to kind of make your way through that problem. Uh, and eventually that, that 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 problem will be evaporated when you have God working with you. And so it seems like the problem you have right now is a solid. But can I can I can I tell you your problem is really just water in a frozen state. And when God is on your side and working things out with you, he can turn that thing into a liquid. And then after you turn to a liquid, he can completely evaporate it. And so, and so let me encourage you during this time, don't allow your problems to make you think that God doesn't still have control. Uh, don't allow your problems to make you think that, that all of this is gotten out of hand. Uh, let me tell you 
that the problems you have can be fixed and they can be solved by the God whom we serve. And so, yes, right now seems like the worst of times, but it doesn't have to stay the worst of times because these things are fluid. They change over time. They change depending upon the context. They change based upon the environment. And so uh, let me tell you, you're good. But, 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 but Gideon has been psychologically dominated to the point in which he, he, he can't see that. He, he can't quite understand that. And, and what I've learned is that in this psychological domination that Gideon has experienced, he lost his sense of agency. That is to say that, that Gideon had had been beat down so much that he thought he became powerless and was unable to do anything about his problems. And I know a lot of people who feel powerless, particularly right now. You feel powerless uh, as it relates to your job situation. You feel powerless as it relates to paying your bills right now. You feel powerless as it relates to the things going on in your life. But, but can I tell you that, that although Gideon feels powerless, uh, Gideon still has a ton of agency, meaning he can affect positive change where he is by himself. Without God, he can affect positive change without God. Now, I'm not saying we need to affect positive change without God. Just stay with me. But without God, he can affect some positive change. Uh, but Gideon feels powerless. And so instead of making a change on what's going on around him, he tries to make a change with what's going on with him. So instead of trying to affect his environment, uh, Gideon just says, well, let me change myself. I, because I've learned adaptive behaviors develop primarily because we think either the person that we're dealing with is unchangeable, uh, the environment around us is unchangeable, or the situation that we're dealing with is unchangeable. But, but Gideon had agency. Here's how I know. Here's how I know. Uh, Gideon, his name means hewer, H-E-W-E-R, which means that uh, his father probably named him because Gideon was kind of built like a tank. Like he was he was strong. He he had muscles. He 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 just came out and he was built differently. But here is Gideon living beyond what his father even named him to be instead of chopping down trees. Gideon is beating on stalks of wheat. Now, now let's just let's just do a compare and contrast. You know, wheat is very thin. It's it's not very thick. It's it's something very easy for Gideon to do. He he can just do this without thinking. He can just beat this wheat without even thinking. You know, he can just <laughs> beat this wheat without even thinking. But not only that, uh, imagine how hard Gideon works at chopping down trees. So Gideon, who's capable of chopping down trees has resorted to just hitting and beating on uh, wheat. Because, because he has failed to realize the power he actually has. Gideon has power, but he's just doing less than what he's capable of doing without God. But, but, but the same muscles that Gideon was birthed with that can hit and knock and tear down trees could be the same muscles that Gideon could use to defend, defend God's people and liberate Israel. And so it says to me that, that Gideon, although he is strong, he's living as if he's weak. I, I just bought a digital cam- camera this, this um, past weekend. And, 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 my son now is fascinated. My son James is fascinated with digital cameras. Uh, and my son James, he wants to uh, use the new camera I bought that has all these different uh, controls, all these different uh, skills and tools it can do. Uh, and if I were to allow my son James to use my nice new camera as opposed to giving him uh, the camera that I used to own that wasn't as nice and couldn't do as much stuff. Uh, I can guarantee that James couldn't get out of that camera all that I could get out of that camera. 
because my abilities far exceed my son James is at this point in time. And so imagine the camera is you and your giftedness. Imagine the camera is you and your giftedness and your powers and your ABC and your ability to affect change. In your hand, sure, you can do a little bit with it. But in God's hands, he could use that thing uh, to all of its capacity and all of its ability. Uh, but Gideon is so defeated that he doesn't even think his problem is changeable in the hands of God. And so can I kind of uh, hint at something? Gideon, Gideon is, 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 is where he is, uh, and he's not living up to his potential. He's not living to his full capacity. He's not doing everything that we think he should or could or needs to be doing. But one thing Gideon has done in the midst of everything he's going through is Gideon has learned to survive. And I think there should be more praise given to people who come through a lot of mess, who come through a lot of shame, who come through toxic environments, at the very least, they learn how to survive. And let me tell you, if you've learned to survive in the midst of what you've gone through, if you've learned to survive in the midst of what we're facing now in, a, in, in this world, that, that if you could combine all that God has put in you with divine agency, uh, there's nothing around you that God couldn't use you to change. It is a blessing, and we should celebrate. Gideon should have died where he was. But God supplied for Gideon, even though Gideon couldn't sense God at work. Not only that, uh, uh, it, it is a blessing that Gideon survived and he didn't participate in self-destructive behaviors. Uh, it's a blessing that Gideon survived and he wasn't coping at the bottom of the bottom. It's a blessing that Gideon survived when he wasn't coping in the bedrooms of other women. Uh, it's a blessing that Gideon survived and he wasn't coping uh, by, 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 by inhaling the marijuana buds into his lungs. It is a blessing. And we should celebrate the fact that Gideon has survived. But beyond that, even if Gideon had gone through all these things and gone through self-destructive behaviors, it's still a blessing that God still has preserved him because Gideon should have been destroyed. Because Gideon is living through the worst of times. But here's the beauty in the story. Thing. The beauty is that when God comes down and meets Gideon acting cowardly, when God comes down and finds Gideon living below his capacity, when God comes down and finds Gideon hiding and cowering in fear, God doesn't call Gideon a coward. God says, greeting, valiant warrior. Is anyone else thankful that when God comes to us, he doesn't treat us as we are? That God doesn't look at us as we should be looked at, but God sees in us what he could do through us. Isn't it a blessing that, that when God called your name, he called you son and daughter, not the other names your friends and your enemies have called you? Isn't it a blessing that God doesn't treat you as you deserve, but treats you as his own? Uh, it is a blessing that God sees in Gideon what Gideon can't see in himself. I want you to know that God wants more for you than you want for yourself. So don't listen to those people tell you, don't pray for God to do uh, something major in your life. Don't pray for God to do something big. Just, just plead and hopefully God will give you according to your will. No, God wants for you more than you want for yourself. God wants your liberation more than you want your freedom. God wants to be sin in your life more than you want him to. I want you to know that God treats you and does for you what he finds worthy and not based upon your goodness. And so here's Gideon living through the worst of times. But can I tell you that although it is the worst of times that Gideon uh, still has everything he needs, uh, Gideon uh, has the gifts. 
get in. Uh, the context may not be the best, but 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 this is the context Gideon God calls Gideon in. Uh, Gideon is able to. Uh, uh, um, he, he's living through uh, a period of oppression, but just because things aren't good in Gideon's mind and in Gideon's eyes, it doesn't mean that's not that's not still the best time for God to move. So although in Gideon's eyes, it is the worst of times, I want you to know that it is the best of times. It is in the worst of times that is the best of times for God to move. Miracles don't happen during periods of prosperity. Miracles happen when you need God to move. Healings don't happen when you're in optimum health. Healings happen when you're on death's door. Uh, we don't just need God to move in our life in the best of times. We need God to move for us in the worst of times. Right now, you're going through COVID-19 and you're wondering, uh, what can God do through me? Someone has lost their job. Someone has lost a loved one. Someone has lost their home. Someone is wondering what to do. But can I tell you, in this time, God is ready to move. And so I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to be filled with doubt, worry, and concern. I want you to know that God is still with you. And as he is with you, he's going to deliver you. God moves in the worst of times. Heroes rise, not when everything is copacetic. Heroes are needed to rise when someone needs to move. I want you to know that I'm so thankful that when, that, 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 that when the world's history was set, when our destiny was set, when our fate was set, God didn't say, well, I guess there's nothing left for me to do. I might as well destroy the world. No, no, God said, I'm going to rise and go down to where they are and save them and deliver them from the tyranny of the enemy. I'm so glad that heroes rise, that people like King David rise. I'm so glad that Moses is rise. I'm so glad that Rashad Burdens can rise. I'm so glad that Kyle Crawford's can rise. Now is the time and now is the season. The season is not when the green, the grass is green. The season is when there is a famine. We need God to move, but God doesn't need cowards right now. He needs someone ready to stand up Go on and fight, stand their ground, and do what is necessary in these uncertain times. And so today as I close, I want to invite someone to leave from their position of fear. Hear as God calls your name. And walk in what he's calling you to. Because it's not the worst of times only. Right now, in God's view, is the best of times. If today you want special prayer, I invite you to hit uh, the like button. I invite you to put a heart as we just begin to pray for you that God will move through you like he did through Gideon, that God will remove the fear, the doubt, and the concern so you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is on your side. Let us pray. Lord, we need a move from you. God, we may not feel like we have it. We may not feel like the one. We may feel incapable. But God, with you, we are strong. Reveal to us our strength. Reveal to us our gifts. Reveal to us what you have for us in this season. God, we ask that you would touch the hearts of those who are listening on the line, that they may feel your presence by them now, that they may encounter you in this time. God, we ask that you would bless the rest of this quarantine revival. We ask that anyone who is battling in the valley decision for baptism, that they make their decision. And we ask that you bless tomorrow's speaker, in a mighty way that he may lift us up to glory that we might see you. We thank you for everything you've done and continue to do. Just let me pray. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Amen. Pastor Willis, it was a blessing to be in the virtual house of the Lord on this evening. Um, I know that everyone online, everyone tuned in knows what it's like to be in the worst of times and to have God turn it into the best of times. If I'm not speaking for anyone else, I can speak for myself that I was blessed. Thank you so much for, for allowing God to use you on this evening. Um, and we don't want to just leave you hanging. Um, we want we want to pray over you and pray over your family. Um, we want to pray for the rest of this week and anyone else who may be impacted um, by this revival. Um, so Pastor Crawford, Pastor Crawford, do you mind praying um, for Pastor Willis and his family as well as whatever else God has put on your heart to lift up in prayer at this time? Yeah, no problem. Let's pray. God, thank you so much uh, just for the opportunity to come together, uh, even virtually, Lord, connect um, and hear a word from you. Now, God, we're praying specifically for uh, the preacher, for Evan, his family. God, I pray that everything that he just poured out, God, that you would refill and give him a double portion of. God, I pray that you will cover him, that you will continue to give him wisdom, continue to speak to him clearly so that he can articulate the gospel uh, to a dying world. God, I pray that you would cover his wife, Lord, as she is uh, watching the children even now, as he is taking care of uh, ministry responsibilities, that you will bless her as a result of her service. God, I pray that you will put angels around their marriage, that you will protect their marriage and continue to allow them to grow deeper in you and deeper in one another. God, I pray for their children, God, that you would keep anyone that would do harm away from them and that you would allow them to grow in the fear and admonition of you. And then, God, I'm just praying for all of those that are watching, those that uh, have made a decision. God, I thank you for those individuals, but those who are still on the fence that you've been speaking to all week, all month, all year, um, and they have just been brought to this point where they've heard a word from you, and now they're wrestling with, do I move forward with it or do I hang back? God, I pray that you will not let up with these individuals, that you will continue to wrestle with them and convict their hearts and their minds so that they are brought to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? And then God, I pray for just all of the individuals that are watching it right now, watching who are gonna watch it tomorrow, next week, next year. God, I pray that the same power that you released tonight will be released to them when they watch it so that they will hear a clear word from you. God, I pray for the individuals who are our essential workers who are watching this or those who have family members that are essential workers. God, we pray that you'll continue to cover them, that you will keep them healthy, keep them strong, give them the motivation to keep going. Thank you so much for their service and reward them as well for what they're doing. God, bring us back tomorrow and allow us to bring somebody with us or tell a friend and just share this video to help somebody else be able to move forward. God, we love you. We thank you. Save us when you come. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Crawford, for lifting us up. Um, we do want to continue to make the invitation and make available um, both Bible study and baptism. I know we're living in what seems like the worst of times, but I truly believe that you can make the best decision possible because of encounters like this. Um, so if you feel impressed, you wanna go deeper in the word of God, or you want to make that step and make a public declaration of God's inward change in you by being baptized, we want to work that out. And even in this season, make that happen for you. Um, so please send us a message, send the quarantine revival, a message either on Facebook or on Instagram, and we will we will do our best to walk you um, through that particular journey. Um, we do want you to tune in tomorrow. The gentleman who just prayed, Pastor Kyle Crawford, will be bringing the word, um, and you do not want to miss that. Share, invite someone, call a co-worker, call a classmate, call somebody who wasn't here tonight and have them tune in tomorrow. I do want to say a few names before we go. Go ahead and close. Paul Stevenson, we're going to lift up your mother, Jeanette Louise. I also see here, um, I also see here Tamara Crawford. We want to lift you up for healing. Um, I see here also, who, who else do I see? I'm going through the chat as we speak. Um, I see, here it is. I see Luce, 
Luce Franklin, Lucy Franklin, your brother. We're going to lift up your brother and your nephew, um, Sister Red Cross, and so many more. We want to just let you know that this isn't um, an exercise, that we are calling out these names in prayer, um, and that we that, that truly we believe that if we cast our cares upon God, he will truly care for us. We're lifting you all up in prayer. Continue to pray for the speakers and the singers and all who are involved in this revival, and we know we know that our dark yesterdays will turn into bright tomorrows um, and that our worst of times, as Pastor Willis let us know, will turn into the best of times. May the blessings of Jesus Christ engulf your life. And we look forward. We look forward to seeing you, to seeing you on tomorrow.